Welcome to a bonus episode of this podcast where we continue the conversation from Renovate Live. Our hope is that this becomes a monthly resource that carries on the conversation in a deeper way from what we were able to tackle in the sermon. Uh, This month, we're going to really dive into the idea of self-talk and really how that shapes our identity. So we brought in a couple of guest speakers who have really incredible counseling backgrounds and have a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom. We hope it's a blessing. All right, here we are continuing the conversation from our sermon September 1st at Renovate, and I am joined with two incredible people to my left. Ryan McCarthy. Ryan McCarthy is sitting to my left. Ryan, who who are you and why are you even sitting here with me right now? I'm Irish and I was born in Chicago. <laughs> it's not true. Okay. Well, it's true, but it's not relevant. I uh, work with Soul Care. I'm a Soul Care associate pastor. I get to oversee the marriage ministry, groups ministries mostly, and, and get to do some counseling, teach a lot of classes. I, I'm a father and a husband. We have three kids yep. and I'm bald. You're- <laughs> That's relevant for everyone listening. Uh, he is bald. I can confirm that on the podcast. Uh, yeah. So soul care is this whole branch of it's this whole counseling branch uh, at Christ Chapel that just does a lot of stuff. And Ryan's been a guy who uh, has counseled a lot of people, including me. Ben Spoke- and I are good friends. Yep. True. Uh, and by good friends, I mean he bails me out of jail just about every right. third Wednesday. So uh, <laughs> big blessing in my life. Okay. Now to my right. Lily, will you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm glad to be here. I'm Lily Park, and I teach biblical counseling at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Lily, you you just moved to Fort Worth recently, right? I did, about a year ago. Okay, where were you before that? So I was in Louisville, uh, Kentucky for a little bit, and Indianapolis for a little bit then, and then California, and then Maryland. Wow. Okay, so now why all these places? Tell us a little bit about your background, your career, what you do. I know you're Uh, modest, but you're also kind of a big deal. Yeah. I'm the only female here, so I guess that makes me stand (laughs) out. That also, yeah, you're going to have a lot of wisdom Um, in the sermon that we're going to need. Uh, well, Maryland is home where I grew up, and, but then um, the Lord changed the direction after, actually after 9-11, mm. and that's a separate story, but just made me realize what I really enjoyed doing, and that was ministry, and someone told me about biblical counseling, and then I basically applied to the program at Master's College in California, so oh. quit my job, moved all the way to the West Coast, and then loved it. Got some experience in a good, solid church, and then I wanted to learn more theology and the Word, and I had an opportunity to study at Southern Seminary, and then studied a lot more than I planned, <laughs> but professors were really encouraging, and then um, I had an opportunity to teach at a small Bible college for a few years, and the rest is history. Nice. And now, what's your role at Southwestern? I am one of the professors in biblical counseling. That's awesome. So you counsel and you teach people how to counsel. Yes. And so there's a theme here with these two. Uh, Both of you guys have a lot of wisdom and discernment in just that counseling space. And so one of the reasons we, what what we wanted to do in this conversation is really follow up from the sermon and kind of go deeper in some ways that we weren't able to, to cover in the sermon, but just have an honest conversation uh, and I think specifically with y'all's background, uh, I th- think you guys could give a lot of insight to it. 
in the sermon, we talked about these kind of two polar um, caricatures, really. But we find ourselves, honestly, in each of them, I think, and, and sometimes anywhere in between. One of them is uh, the person who really is very blindingly aware of their brokenness, right? They're very aware when they're honest, when things have slowed down around them, when they're alone at night. They are very aware of their anxieties, their insecurities, their uh, just destructive patterns potentially in their life. And they're aware of those internally. And they are exhaustively looking for whatever they can cosmetically to fix and resolve those issues. But it is an outside fix trying to fix an internal problem. And, uh, and then on the other side of the pendulum, you've got maybe somebody who is unwilling to admit that there's any internal brokenness. You know, no, 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 I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm inherently just fine. There's no brokenness there. And in fact, anybody from the outside who would suggest a solution that would be vulnerable um, or might reveal some brokenness there, then there's really a complete rejection and and really canceling of those of those people because that's not safe and uh, and really no you're the problem I'm not the problem and a defensiveness and so on one side you've got kind of a defensiveness and I think you you can already start to I mean I could see myself in in both of these caricatures but you've got a defensiveness on the other side you've got really a defeated person who maybe on the outside is trying to prop themselves up to to look okay and fake it until they can make it and put on the mask but really internally defeated and so I, I want to go deeper specifically in the counseling space, what you guys have seen, um, and just talk about what, just even generally with those principles, what have you guys seen in your world and as you've walked with people, either in your own life or people you've walked with who, who might have struggled with one side or the other? I keep on thinking about, I'm, I'm wondering, someone who is aware that they're damaged, that they feel paralyzed uh, because they're aware of their sin and all that. Uh, is where where would the person fit in who looks inside themselves becoming like, I need to make myself kind of internally better? Do they fit in kind of into the, are they a third category? Oh, yeah, or? you mean somebody who, oh, there's something broken, but I need an internal yeah. fix. Yeah, and so. I, I think in the sermon we talk about this third option of Ephesians 2, you know, this idea that we are broken mm. um, and really landing on this idea of we are broken and there isn't, internal fix that then produces external oh, fruit. Uh, yeah, a real a real one a in real Christ. Solution, right. But yeah, I think sometimes we might even look to like I need I need discipline. Right. I need to be more obedient. And they're relying on the flesh, kind of in a, a Galatians uh, three, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, one through five. That section is like, you know, you you started off by believing what you heard, but now you're trying to perfect yourself, complete yeah. yourself by by works of the law. And it's like you it's like picking up a soccer ball halfway through the game and trying to run it in for a goal. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't start off by faith and then finish by works. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people will finish by religious works, which is, it's, it could be cosmetic, but it's, it's almost like a religious internal cosmetic. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really change your heart. Yeah. And it's really, I, I think, I think that fits in, you know, is, is another thing. And, and it, I do all of those. Yeah. I do. And I think everybody we talk to, it's usually there's one that's they're coming and it's, it's very flagrant, you sure. know? Um, but yeah, there's the person who's aware they're broken and the person who's denying that they're broken. Yeah. I, I think, you know, speaking to this, I think for me, even when I think about those categories or anywhere in between, 
I just get exhausted thinking about it. And I think so much of it isn't just come from me looking at them. It's me looking at knowing my own patterns of the exhaustion of what it takes to either constantly keep up appearances, uh, constantly be trying to fix something that I'm not really designed to be able to to fix, uh, ultimately in and of my own strength. Uh, I mean, all of that is so exhausting. Lily, I'd love to hear, maybe we zoom in on even just the first mm-hmm. kind of caricature, right? Yeah. If you think of that person who just feels buried mm-hmm. and, and maybe buried by their own insecurities or their own brokenness. And really, I think it comes to a lot of guilt and shame. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen in your space as you've walked with people? Yeah. What does those effects of just guilt and shame, mm-hmm. what are the effects that has on someone? Yeah. Can I go back up a little bit to what you're saying? Because I think that's so true where people can go in either direction of overly being harsh with themselves, Mm -hmm. critical, and then those who need to be a little bit more honest about the issues in their life. And I think as fallen beings, we do that for various reasons. Sometimes we're hurting a lot and we tried to be vulnerable in the past. It didn't go well. So now we put up this barrier yeah. of stay away six feet mm-hmm. because I've tried opening up mm-hmm. and it didn't turn out well. Yeah. So you're the problem, not me. I've been hurt enough. <clears throat> we have people who've been hurt in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's some people who are overly sensitive in their conscience and they can get really critical. And I just think it's helpful to see ourselves properly through scripture of that's God's perspective. That's his yeah. book of wisdom and how we understand ourselves because he created us at the end of the day. Yeah. So I was just thinking about which voice is louder. Is it your own voice in your head yeah. or is it the voice of God in his word? Or is it social media yeah. that's speaking more loudly of What's wrong with you, physically, personality, whatever it is? So yeah, even just stopping to discern what the voice is mm-hmm. that you're that you're listening to, you know, you look you look fat. Look That's at yourself, right. like or you're you're going to be left out again. I mean, it, those little voices. Would Jesus ever whisper that in your ear, mm-hmm. or is it? Is it you speaking? Is it your projected imagining of what other people are thinking? Mm-hmm. Or it, is it possible that the enemy is whispering through all of that to accuse you or to tempt you or to prop you up? I mean, your temperament is going to incline you and your experiences are going to incline you, but no, it's never going to be inclined naturally toward the gospel and toward gospel truth. It's always going to be inclined Toward the gutters. Towards the lie, yeah. 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 How do you discern that? I mean, because that's such a, I love that. That's such a good truth. But I have those voices. I hear so many, you know, maybe not audible voices, uh, but yeah, Yeah, that self-talk can be so dangerous (laughs) discerning it. Or I categorize and I know I'm sitting there in a worship service and I know this is true. But then three hours later when I'm going to bed you know, I, I'm th- th- saying something different. How do I keep, how do I keep that frequency mm-hmm. consistent? Give me a quick fix, guys. That's what we're looking for here. A quick, easy fix. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. Oh, no. there's <laughs> I got a threefold. Line. Okay, oh. good. Well, we'll let Lily I'm disappoint yeah. and okay. then you give us the answer, Ryan. Do you want to start, Ryan? I mean, you're going to pay, I, they're going to be the same. 
I trust. <laughs> They're going to be the same. I mean, you, I mean, there's a there's a prayer element. Like God, is this is mm-hmm. this you speaking to me, or is this me? Like, would you just asking God to to speak in and yeah. submitting that thought? Mm-hmm. Like, are, are you the one who's telling me I'm going to fail, or is it mm-hmm. that's uh, certainly being renewed by His Word? You know, renewing your mind. That's a that's more of a process of. Mm-hmm downloading as much truth that will set you free. And then the community aspect. Mm-hmm. I can't know myself apart from letting other people know what I'm thinking and what I'm wrestling with. Where are my insecurities? You know my insecurities. I've gotten more clarity from opening up about my insecurities with you than I have from just sitting by myself trying to figure those things out. And you're talking about just actual relationships, friendships. Yeah, like and Ben and I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the person listening to this podcast. Not, they don't not hear you, right podcast now. listener. <laughs> not you, listener. Me. He was pointing to me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that community, yeah, having somebody else speak into that and and be able to be a, a sounding board is important. What, was I were right? You gonna, were you going to totally disagree with everything he said, Lily? Is that horrible advice? Oh, no. That was great, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Look at that great positive um, voice in your life is, now. I know. You can do it, Ryan. Thank you. I can do it. There's I nothing wrong with you. You're inherently perfect. <laughs> um, I was thinking of Psalm 139, where the psalmist asked God to search my heart, oh Lord, see if there is anything that needs to be revealed. That's great. And I think that would be a great starting point of God. Um, it, it doesn't matter what other people think as much as what you think. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to please people in appropriate ways, but that can really paralyze us emotionally and sleepless nights when we make that a bigger goal than caring about what God thinks about us. And so God, you know already, Mm -hmm. I can hide my faults from others, but they're not hidden from you. Um, And you mentioned this, Ben, in your sermon about being, it's just exhausting when you try to keep that facade. God, I'm tired. Um, I want to change. Search my heart. Reveal anything. And that's really what humility is about. Humility is not being like this sense of, oh, woe is me. I'm nothing. I'm just dirt. That's not humility. Humility is seeing yourself accurately in light of God's word, in light of who you are in Christ. And I think that's a great starting point of being more real or allowing ourselves to be more real is coming to the point of humility. Wow. So we can receive help from God and people like you were saying, Ryan. I love that. I, I, I hope people have ears to hear that. Even myself, I think that's such a sweet truth. Take us to Psalm 139, um, that idea of if I'm trying to discern self-talk, if I'm trying to discern, okay, is this healthy? Is this from the Lord? Is this me beating myself up? Or is this me being defensive unnecessarily for kind of a different insecurity? If I can put you on the spot, Lily, yeah. what would that look like for you? Like what would, you know, you're processing, I love your definition of humility. You're talking to yourself about putting yourself in a proper place in perspective. What does that, what does that kind of sound like in a, in a prayer before the Lord as he reveals to you what, is it, what does that sound like to be in the right place? Well, I, th- I think it's just helping us to be okay mm-hmm. to admit that there are things that are not going well, mistakes we made, um, sins we've committed, regrets 
that we have that keeps us from sleeping well at night, eating well. Um, maybe we're really moody and yeah. etc. But trusting others, trusting others, yeah. insecurity. Sure. Um, and COVID didn't help. We're no. isolated, so we're listening more to our own voices. Mm-hmm. And I've seen women I've met with where that really affected them in a dark way because the people who were available weren't always the best people. Mm. And and that depends on the church where whether they met, had services and all those things mm. too. But yeah, Thank so you. just maybe the Psalms would be a great start yeah. because it has Can such I, vivid language yeah. of being honest. That's great. Can I put you on the spot with another scenario? Um <laughs> let's say, you know, I'm getting ready for the day and I'm brushing my teeth and I'm looking in the mirror and I just, I feel ugly. I look ugly and I, and everybody must think I'm ugly. Mm -hmm. How would you, how would you move from that tangible? Like, what does it matter that the Lord thinks I'm pretty? The reality is I'm ugly, Mm. you know? Well, there, there's a couple of things. Are you letting your emotions be the authoritative source? I feel like, because let's be honest, there's days when we feel uglier than other days, Sure, but that's not the authoritative truth. But, um, so there's some subjectivity, but Mm -hmm. let's say there's someone who consistently sees themselves that way. Mm -hmm. So now we're dealing of dealing with what sort of, um, source is informing their understanding of beautiful or handsome versus ugliness. Mm -hmm. So when I meet with people who struggle with that self-image, um, a lot of times it's informed by maybe a parent who told them, you're worthless, you're ugly, you'll never measure up, mm. those things. And they just grow up with that, those lies, and even as adults. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to what the Bible says is ugly. Mm. It has nothing to do with that pimple on your face being 10 pounds heavier, you know, it's not that superficial because God looks at the heart. And so the things that impress us is not what impresses God. Mm -hmm. Um, And so let's define, let's start with definitions. Mm -hmm. That's good. What's ugly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. So that person might have a little more of an uphill climb toward appropriating God's truth into their heart where it actually transforms. Yeah. But it's going to, that's going to be their trial. Right. And they're going to own that truth even more. And, and it's funny because it actually does radiate in people. I know some plenty of people who aren't really attractive by the world's standards, but they just seem to like a fine wine get, more attractive with the age as they become yes. happier in the Lord mm-hmm. and the opposite happening of people who are very worldly, worldly attractive. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a fading mm-hmm. thing as, and, that's neat. but it's, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Let me put you on the spot then, Ryan, because I, I, I think that's such a great answer. Okay. So on the other side, let's say you stand in front of the mirror and the ugly thing won't work because I think there is this inherent truth that, you know, where his value and beauty is in, but let's say, Let's say somebody speaks into your life. I use this illustration in the sermon. That somebody spoke into my life one time and loved, loved me enough to point out some selfishness they saw in my life. And my response in that season and in that moment was defensiveness. I'm not selfish. You're stupid. You're selfish. Like it was this defensiveness. How dare you speak into, you know, some yeah. brokenness that's in me. 
let's say you're standing in front of the mirror and you're you're unwilling to go there. You're not defeating yourself. You're defensive. And you've got people who say, hey, I see a blind spot. And and your self-talk is, uh-uh, nope, not me. No, I'm great. I'm perfect. If anything's wrong, it's because somebody did something to me. I'm a at the most I'm a victim. At the least, I am perfect and a beautiful, unique, perfect snowflake that is not selfish and I'm not, you know, those aren't, I, I reject that. I reject anything dirty if you want to speak into, right? So like, yeah. what do you do if somebody is is kind of naming and claiming truth in a way that you feel like could be imbalanced on the other side? Well, I'll go personal. Um, I remember, I don't, it's probably been a couple of years now, but Brandy and I were in an argument and she said something. Brandy is your wife. Brandy is my wife. I wanted to make sure people didn't think you were an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not my girlfriend. <laughs> right. She, yeah. she, um, she was telling me like I was, I'm, you know, angry about stuff and, mm-hmm. and, you know, saying, I don't remember what it was specifically. I just remember she was being so unfair. Mm-hmm. Like she was wrong. It just, in my mind, like you're, you're wrong here and you're, you're reading my motives here and you're telling me this stuff and, and it just made me so mad. And I, uh, I remember wrestling and pushing that away, but the thing is I can't change. It's, it's, I wish it weren't important. Uh, to me that I have to have my wife's approval, but I mean, I think it's part of God's design in marriage, um, but it's also part of just an, an idol of mine. Mm-hmm. And so it was really causing me to put, go into an internal tailspin because the harder I tried to try to point out how wrong she was, the worse I was making myself look by the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's telling me I'm being defensive and I know I'm not defensive and you're telling me this, and, you know, I'm yeah. being defensive. It was one of those kinds of catch-22 th- situations. And what helped me get out of it um, and I think I'm in this example guilty of what you're asking, right? Okay. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, as I, I just asked, I asked God, God, what do I need to hear from you through Brandy's words? Mm. And mm. it got, it took her off center stage wow. and it kind of put God back on the center stage. And know what? I can, if you said this to me, I could listen to you because I know you're not personally, you haven't personalized and misinterpreted things the way I'm telling, I'm saying Brandy has. Mm-hmm. And you're objective and you're true and you love me. And I know Brandy loves me, but we don't always speak the truth and love to our spouses. Mm. And it is acknowledging that, okay, maybe I have some blind spots and that you are good and I can listen to you, but it, I can't guarantee that the person who's saying something to you isn't saying it in an ugly spirit or exaggerating or mischaracterizing you. Just but poor tact. It's just, yeah, yeah it's just... But is, is where's the grain of truth? And Lord, what do you want me to hear from you? And how would you say it to me? So it's it was taking her off the stage and putting God on. And uh-huh. I came to realize like she was right about the spirit of what she was saying. It was true. And uh-huh. um, and I was able to humble myself before the Lord and then humble myself before her. Wow, that's great. That Man, I, I think those are both so practical. And just to to articulate that, I think if you're standing there and you're wrestling with defensiveness of someone's, and we all feel it. I mean, you mm-hmm. can, I, I can viscerally feel defensiveness come on that, man, would the Lord teach me, okay, stop. What are you, what, they might be coming at me hot. They might be coming at me inappropriately, but Lord, is there something you want me to hear real tangibly? I think that's something we can do if we swing to that side. But on the other side, that self-defeating lies, Mm -hmm. catching those and say, okay, like you said, Lily, what's your word say? What is what in both of those situations is what is true. 
One of them is a reaction to a defensiveness. The other one is a reaction to a defeatedness. But I, I think those are both so good. Um, can I say something? Of course, please. I, with defensiveness, because I can relate to that too. And sometimes it seems unfair, like this person misunderstood, whatever it might be. Um, what was I going to say with that one? Um, with defensiveness, there. Oh, just that. In at least for me. I can receive more of those words when I'm in a better position with the Lord. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because you don't feel like you're on trial. Yeah, yeah. I, when, I'm more secure. Yeah. yeah, It's like, I know I don't have it together and there's things I need to learn and I don't have to let this right. feedback or criticism or whatever, I can learn from there's it. nothing but to prove. I don't have to let it consume me yeah. to be the end all. There's things always it's, to learn. And it's so true. So I have to be right with the Lord to receive that well. It's like you because, got job security. Yes. To receive criticism. If you're, yeah. if, if criticism yeah. from your boss means you might get fired, that's a lot harder to receive than like, Hey, you're on. Yeah. Let's get better. Yeah. You know, right. it's right. absolutely a source of maturity. I mean, if I, if I'm yeah. not in, in my walk, mm -hmm. right. If I'm not close to the Lord, if I don't feel that security with him, mm -hmm. then yeah, you're right. It, it does feel, it's going to be hard for me to sift through what could, what could feel really like personal words right. and see what the Lord might be doing through that. You're, you're absolutely right. Okay. So one of the things that we addressed and I've kind of touched on, but I just think it's such a, such a uh, epic thing that we struggle with um, just throughout uh, our lives is that idea of really getting buried in guilt and shame. Mm. Right. And, and that self-talk, it's not just, okay, I'm ugly. It's, it feels even deeper than that. And it, and it feels like maybe it's even stuff that I've genuinely done mistakes I've genuinely made and not just lies that someone else has spoken over me, but it's true. Like I did do that and I have had those thoughts and I do have those temptations. Help, help us. Help, I mean, practically you're sitting there counseling somebody sitting across from them and you see this person's just buried in guilt. They feel still so bad. They're buried in shame. Mm -hmm. What do you see? What do you do? Help, Help us walk out of that. Help us give us the tools to help somebody else walk out of that. What, what would your advice be? Well, I think we talk a lot more about guilt than shame because that's sort of the world we live in, individualistic. But then there's a lot of people suffering with shame, and mm -hmm. that can lead to anxiety and depression. Definitely. So they're not mutually exclusive. But... Uh, I just talked about this in my class the other day. Guilt is more in relation to breaking God's law, mm -hmm. breaking uh, God's commandments, a violation of his standards. Guilt is not breaking my own laws. Mm -hmm. Guilt is not breaking or... Like having a slice of pizza might make someone feel guilty because mm -hmm. they broke their law about calorie intake and that's right it wasn't morally wrong per se yeah. gotcha. uh -huh. and also it gets tricky because we can feel guilty about not meeting people's expectations yeah. Yeah. when that becomes a law in itself and so we have to stop and ask okay what am i feeling guilty about and is this something that god prohibits is yeah. this something that i uh broke or violated or disobeyed god in um or is this a matter of preference? My or parents, should I feel guilty? Because some people don't feel guilty when they broke God's law. 
They right. need, uh, you need to have your conscience like calibrated that's right. to God's standard. That's, that's right. That's healthy guilt. And that would be a way of correcting that guilt is not telling someone, don't feel guilty about that. You didn't do anything wrong. Yes and no, but it doesn't change the guilt, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. And so that guilt is very real in your mind and weighs heavy. So we have to bring in God's truth to bring clarity, clarity of whether this is something that you have. But if it's, and then if it is something that um, is sin related, you confess your sins, Mm -hmm. right? I love it in 1 John. It says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from unrighteousness. And that's the beautiful promise mm-hmm. from God. And then shame, on the other hand. Yeah, I feel like shame's got a whole different That's techniques. right. It's more complicated because yeah. <laughs> it's more subjective of whether I, you broke I, a law or not. Would you agree with the statement? You feel guilt. Uh, guilt says, um, I did something wrong. Shame says, I am something wrong. <laughs> Some, there's something wrong with me. Yes. So shame is more of how you perceive yourself. Right. And it's not just embarrassment. I feel bad. Yeah. But when someone is wrestling with shame, it's usually of this like worthlessness. Yeah. I'm I'm nothing um, because of this or that. So it's a judgment of yourself. Yeah, it's self-judgment. Mm-hmm. And, and coupled with being seen by others. Like I'm going to be seen in my self-judgment too because you want to hide. Shame always makes you want to hide. Yes. One of the things that I think of when I hear you guys talk about this is, I mean, it's such good truth, right? But it's things that I so badly want to just take and then flip the switch. Like, oh, that's good. I'm just believing wrongly about myself. I just need to flip that switch. And, we, and I talk about it a lot. Um, I use this illustration a lot, but it, it doesn't feel like a, a switch that I can just flip. What you're talking about seems like truth that I need to apply in less of just a one-time unilateral way and more of a muscle I have to build. I mean, this is, I've got to build muscle to where I see myself properly, to where I hear his voice properly. I've got to build almost this muscle. Uh, it feels like more of a marathon where, okay, I'm, I'm, it's not just, oh, I heard this podcast and now all of a sudden I'm going to flip the switch and never struggle with shame and not yeah. beat myself up or never struggle with, you know, pr- defensive pride. Is that what you guys see in your space? It's truer. You- what you're saying is truer for shame than guilt. I think guilt right. does have a f- switch. Yeah, no, you're like right. First confess John 1, your 9, sin. You yeah. confess and confess. I'm not saying you're always going to feel better. But, but that shame, that that shame identifying that feels like, right. okay, this is now my identity, or that suffering mm-hmm. is my identity, or even that self-righteousness is my identity. Mm-hmm. It's it's these muscles that we have to build. Yes. Is that what y'all see? And and are those the right techniques to do that? Go for it. I was just going to say, but even with guilt, it's not just a light switch. Yeah. Because people can say, I know God forgave me, uh-huh. but I still feel guilty. Yeah. So I think what's going on there is a bit of what you talked about in your sermon, Ben, about God help me. Yeah. Help me to believe your words are true. Yeah. And that that can happen, but I can't tell you how long it'll take. Yeah. It might take a few days or weeks, but you press on because... The Bible says you will reap what you sow. So you keep sowing God's truth to renew your mind, to change your affections, and it will happen. Yeah. It's the power of the Holy Spirit who does that. Yeah. And that makes us dependent on Him, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. It can be frustrating because we want it now. Yeah. 
but it that's what faith is. Faith is believing God will keep His promises, and it's believing His truth. And sometimes it takes time, especially if you've been believing a lie for a long time. Yeah. And so be encouraged. It might take a little bit longer, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Yeah. Lily, you have counseled way more people than we can count, right? You've taught other people how to counsel. Will you say that to us one more time? Just you've seen so many people and there's somebody who might be listening to this, who Mm. what you just said, I know that's true, but I just don't feel it yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when I ever will feel it. And it feels so far away. Will you encourage us one more time? Because I think we need to hear that again. And your experience of walking with people, mm-hmm. we can do this. Yes. Like it, eventually we we can begin to believe truth, not yes. just know it, but believe it, right? Right. You can. <laughs> but will you? Mm. Will you believe the truth? And you take the steps of coming towards God and meditating on his truths, whatever verses that might be. Uh, praising God, God, thank you for, that I am not in darkness anymore. And this, whatever it is, whatever sin it is, no longer has to enslave me, whether it's addictions, pornography, whatever it is. Things you've done or things done to you. Right. right. As a victim, mm-hmm. maybe of abuse, rape, mm-hmm. whatever it is, sure. that is not who I am today. That does not define who I am. But God, I can still remember things and it hurts. And help me to believe, see myself in light of who, how you see me in your truth, that you love me, that you're my heavenly father and you will always be with me. You'll never forsake and forsake me. And, um, and I, I think that's a good thing because God uses different weaknesses in our lives to keep us near him. And maybe it's this area of your life that will keep us humble and dependent on him and where you're going to have a powerful testimony to somebody else and ability i I keep on thinking about adam and eve in the garden and locating yourself in that story because i mean they sinned and they they were naked and had no shame and then they sinned Mm -hmm. and and they first thing they hid they made tried to cover themselves and hiding from each other hiding from the lord and the lord says you know where are you Mm -hmm. And like, are you in that place where you're hiding and you're trying to cover yourself and you're trying to mm-hmm. manage just to get by without being seen by the Lord or by others? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what happens to Adam and Eve when they step out? I mean, he doesn't judge them. He judges something else and covers them with what he judged, you know, like he covers them with the skin of an animal. He He's the one who covers us. And wow. where are you in that story? And I think... Will you do that? It's like, will you step out? He's calling. Will you step out and say, all right, Lord, I am guilty of this, or I am scared of your judgment or other people's rejection. Will you cover me? Like, how, how, can, I, how can I place my confidence in you? And um, yeah. That's so good. I mean, thank you both so much. You guys uh, both just not only spoke a lot of truth that is helpful and, and helps us hopefully understand, but I think just your heart's that we would not just know these things, these tools, these real practical ways to, to build this muscle, to, to retain truth and believe truth, but that it really would become belief. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys so much. It's a conversation I think we could honestly have the rest of our lives and 
And for those who are listening, um, if you want to give one kind of final encouragement to them, uh, I think it's been so encouraging to hear you guys speak that truth. But any kind of final word, Ryan, that you'd, you'd want to speak over anyone who might might have kind of been eavesdropping into this conversation? No, I just I would say that the Lord is faithful and he's good to sinners. The more you walk with him, the more you, I think you're in the right direction if you, you need him more. Um because you're more aware of your tendency to sin and to fall away. But he is, he is bigger than all of our sins. He's faithful. Mm-hmm. Thanks, brother. I, I would say wherever you are in your life with the Lord, uh, it's never too late to return to him. Yeah. And God knows, and God looks more at your heart. And more than anything, if we come to him with an open heart, um, he will receive us and he will help us and he will forgive us when we confess our sins and we no longer have to hide in our shame and guilt. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you both so much for just furthering this conversation with us. God bless you. Thank you. We hope that conversation was a blessing to you. Uh, we say this every month at the end of Renovate, and that's this sentiment. It's, we love you, but let us know how we can love you more. And we really we really mean that. And that might sound really weird because we might not really know you and you might not know us, um, but we mean it because we, as the body of Christ, are filled individually with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in us knows you and loves you and cares about you. And so the body of Christ is designed to be a place uh, where you don't have to isolate yourself. And so if you are listening to this resource and you want some next steps, you want to walk with us, you want to pray with us, uh, there's anything we can do for you, any way that we as believers can love you no matter where you're at, let us know. Reach out to us. Uh, Our website is renovateftw.org or check us out on Instagram. We'd love to hear how we can be a blessing to you.